These are the moments, these are the years that we have to collectively come together so that these goals, these really big goals, can get accomplished down the line. We cannot do it alone. We have to come together. We have to support one another, you know, because these these things that we talk about doing in the future are not little baby things. It's not just moving from like one country to another. No, we need like, we need to become the movers and the shakers. This is it. And we have to be able to do it together. That's the only way we can accomplish this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Power of Why podcast. This is an interview-style show that talks to leaders who are purpose-driven. I started to notice a pattern amongst folks who are fulfilled and lived in alignment. They walk different. They know why they spend time doing their work. And they are fueled by impact. I'm super excited to delve into this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Haile, and today I am, you know, with an incredible group of women. Like, this is definitely a special episode and something that we have not seen um, before on the Power of Why podcast. So I'll allow um, my... I have a co-host today as well, Samugere Nube. And we are going to be interviewing two businesswomen, two incredible powerpreneurs who are super intentional about the life that they that they lead and the impact that they want to have in the lives of others. For some context, Hanya Kushku um, has worked as a senior lecturer, curriculum developer, and manager in Canada and Oman. She has a master's degree in education, specializing in curriculum and teacher development from the University of Toronto. Her goals are to also motivate, educate, and inspire others to be the best that they can be. Her first collection of poetry, Because I Can, which we have copies of in front of us, was published recently. And she owns an e-learning business each called eTree Group and has also co-founded a publishing company called Peacock Press. Hania was born in Tehran, born, uh, raised in Toronto, and now lives and works in Ottawa. We also have here Shabana Ansari, who has worked as a journalist, writer, and editor in three countries across three continents. She has a master's degree in creative writing and publishing from Kingston University, London, in the UK, and is currently working on her first novel for children in the fantasy genre. Born and raised in Mumbai, she now works in the not-for-profit sector in Ottawa and is also the co-founder of Peacock Press, a publishing company that aims to close the diversity gap in publishing. So welcome, ladies. It's so exciting <laughs> to be you. here. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to share you know, with our community what you guys are doing and the vision that you have. So if you both can provide a little bit more context on your origin story and how you grew up. Hanya, if you want to start. So my family and I, we, um, we immigrated to Canada in 1988. Um, we moved to Toronto initially. At the time, I was only eight, nine years old. Um, I guess you could say one of the hardest aspects of that for me was um, having to learn English. Because when we immigrated to, to the country, I didn't speak a word of the language. And that in itself was a big factor when it came to shaping my life. That was one of the first hurdles. So um, grew up in Toronto. I got educated in Toronto and then moved a little bit around within Canada and then internationally when it came to my work. Thank you. And Shavana. 
Hi, I grew up in Mumbai and uh, we did not have much, but I always had a lot of books. Mm. My mom was a school teacher and she had this, um, uh, you know, strong belief that education changes your life. And it has, it has changed my life. And uh, I mean, growing up, um, it, I had no idea that I will ever be leaving my neighborhood. But here I am. I have uh, lived and worked in three countries across three continents, India, the UK, uh, London in the UK, and now Ottawa. So it has been like a long journey. And I have worked in several different industries, um, chemical analysis, writing, journalism, and finally publishing. And currently, I work with a not-for-profit in um, Ottawa. So that's my story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you both lead very different lives, but definitely, you know, values aligned, especially like growing up and the values that you had, you know, from your parents and your family. How exactly did you guys meet? I'm very curious about that. That's a very funny story. I will let Hania talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she diverted. Did you say that? <laughs> we met at work where we work right now. I was actually sitting on the panel of... Um, people who were, who were interviewing Shabana initially when she came in. So I was one, I, it was the first time we met when she came in to do an interview with us. And I immediately liked her because of a response she gave us. And her response was so powerful that I was like, is this real? Is this woman re- Did she actually do that? And I was so intrigued by her that... When she left, I told our managers, the other managers, I was like, we need to hire her for sure. And um, I liked her immediately. So I'm curious, what was the question and what was the response that she gave? <laughs> it, was, it was something around the fact of like, have you ever done anything that didn't necessarily go along the mission of your work or what was... Mm. Yeah, the question was, uh, you know, if um, I had a conflict at work and yeah. how did how I did resolve, you resolve it? A, uh, give us a, a time when there was conflict, how did you resolve it? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those standard questions, but her question kind of like, her answer was blew me away. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. So that's how we met. And uh, at that time, I I was really intrigued by Hanie also. At that time, I did not know that she'll go on to become my closest friend and later my business partner. But at that time, I was very curious about her because of, you know, she looked at my resume, she gave me a look yeah. and she said, uh, why are you applying to this job? Why w- wouldn't you be completely bored in this role? Mm-hmm. And that was the point. I was like, I need to know this person better. I went on social media after the interview, looked, looked her up. I I had already done a little bit of research before that, but after the interview specifically, I looked her up and I sent her um, the LinkedIn request and she responded immediately and that should have been the sign that this was meant to be <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people don't come back to you promptly and she did and that was like one of the things that was also really attractive to me. Yeah, That's so crazy. That's how Sam and I met. <laughs> We connected at an event and like yeah. not in, we didn't meet physically there, but we, uh, it was on LinkedIn. She had made a post about what she learned and I saw it and I guess we have mutual friends. So I reached out to her and yeah. immediately we like, she responded and we yeah. went for coffee and like the rest is history. Yeah. Absolutely. When Here it's organic that way, it's the best way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you never know when it happens, right? But when, once you look back in hindsight, it's like, ah, I see why those dots connected, yeah. yes, you know? Exactly. Exactly.
Amazing. So what has been, in terms of, you know, when you went initially when you met online and then started to be more intentional about developing this relationship, you know, there was obviously synergies there and you guys could grow together. Where did the conversation go after that? Was it strictly work-related or, like, where did the publishing house come into this and creating art together? So I did not get that job. Uh, okay. because uh, because of various reasons, but uh, I eventually ended up working in the same organization as Hanye. And then based off on um, the, the initial connection that we had, we did talk at work, and we did talk about uh, things that were important to us um, and why we were doing the things we were doing, our dreams, our aspirations. And then one thing led to another, and I happened to see uh, some of her writing, and uh, we got that happened because she she shared some of her stories with me some of the stuff some of her pieces that she had written and I thought they were amazing and I was like you know that she had already created this space between us you know where I felt I could be very comfortable with like being able to show her the stuff that I had written Mm -hmm. so I was like hey do you want to look at this? And my, this, she has, she was an editor in chief before, right? So I was, in, I was like a little nervous showing it to her, <laughs> but then I'm like, I feel like she'll be nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how it all started. Yeah, I I really liked what I saw, and I can be a little judgmental about um, writing sometimes because I'm very specific about what I enjoy writing, reading, and even editing. So I I, I really liked it, and uh, I I was hoping that she'll publish it someday. Um, uh, And uh, we, uh, on another level, we were also, I I also told her about, you know, how I always wanted to have like a publishing company because I, uh, you know, I mean, I started out as a chemical analyst and there was always this thing, you know, at the back of my head about uh, doing something with publishing, with books. And I did tell her uh, about that once and she's like, "Um, why, why are you not doing it yet? And I was like, yeah, someday I will. And she's like, why not now? And I'm like, hmm, yeah, why not? And then she's like, we'll do it together. And that got the ball rolling. And we were like, at that time, we didn't uh, think that uh, Hania's book would be a book someday because it was just a few pieces of poetry. And at that time, we thought that it would be very interesting to, uh, so there was no plan about how this will go on. And then it, it just kept growing. She kept writing and I kept thinking about the publishing company. And then she started talking, we started talking to a publishing house to get another publishing house, not us, a traditional publishing house, like a big one. And uh, I kept telling her that uh, nobody gets accepted uh, initially. You know, you'll get a few rejections along the way. So be okay, be cool with that. And guess what? <laughs> she was not rejected. At that point, I started feeling really jealous for that. <laughs> For that publishing company that will publish her and not my publishing company. Yeah, yeah, no. So I was like, we got the response from them. She was going crazy when we got like our first response from the first publishing house that we had sent it to. She starts. She calls me. She's like, Oh my god, this never happens. This this sort of thing. You're a first time writer. You've never been. She's just going crazy. I was like, So you're happy? Are we good? Are we are at a good place? She's like, This never happens. And I'm. Anyways, so a, a whole lot of things happened, and and we decided to um, move forward with our own publishing house. And she's like, "Why don't we do this for ourselves? Because this way we'll be able to have a bigger impact when it comes to the work and to the authors that we will eventually, in, um, you know, actually publish." 
That's a beautiful story too. Like <laughs> being able to grab the attention of these publishing houses on your like in, in the first time yeah, that you're writing yeah, and, yeah. and reaching out to them, which is phenomenal. And I think it really speaks to the stories that you're writing about and the demand that is there. So what is Peacock Press? Um, what does it represent to the both of you? And um, why do you feel why did you feel compelled to start this company and share your message? What is the impact that you wanted to see? So one of the things we, you know, when we were talking about Hanie's work, you know, publishing her work, like I said, you know, I was happy for her, but jealous of the publishing house that was going to eventually publish it. At that point, we started, you know, thinking about, I started thinking largely about, uh, you know, why was it that I wanted to do this? And one of the things was, uh, you know, it, it didn't happen to Hanie, but it happens to a lot of writers. A lot of writers struggle uh, to get their voices heard. At times, it also um, it, it happens that um, when you are out there in the world, you know, trying to show people what you're doing, it's it's anyway stressful. And I always find that, you know, uh, usually it's women's voices that are stifled in whatever way, you know, uh, intentionally, unintentionally. So Peacock Press was born because we, we thought that we needed um, to give a platform to women to get their voices heard. We wanted everybody uh, to feel, everybody who approached us, and if we were in a position to publish them, you know, them to feel that they have a platform where they can talk, where they can share their stories, where they can reach out to people like them or even people who were not like them. So it was born from that need to give other people a voice. We were lucky that our voices were not stifled, but we knew that there were a lot of other people, other women out there who did not have the same uh, uh, opportunities that we did. We want to, for sure, give voice to, first and foremost, to women of color, First Nations people, LGBTQ+, anybody with disability. So we want to be able to give voice to the unheard, like Shabana is saying. So that's, first and foremost, our mandate. We we are big believers of, of walking the talk. That's why if you look at the cover of our book, we have purposely, every single woman on this cover, there's nothing accidental about it. There's nothing accident. Like, this took us a month and a half. <laughs> Our designer was, like, going crazy with us because we kept going back and forth. And No, you see this little <laughs> detail? Maybe change it to this. So every single... We tried very hard to make sure every single woman was represented because it's not just necessarily the experience, my experience, but hopefully other women will be able to connect to it and see themselves in it. You know, and that is really key for us. We want to walk to talk, and we hope that our our eventual <laughs> air quotes followers will will hold us accountable to that. We're the, we're not trying to kill ourselves, work full time, have families, do all these things. If nothing's going to change, the whole point is to be able to systematically change what has always been put in place. So this is our mission, and we hope to be able to continue to do this. This is such important work because um, I really feel like in, in the media, in mainstream media, especially when you look at the different stories that are told, when it comes to women of color specifically, yeah. it's usually like these stereotypical narratives, right? They don't take into account all the different, um, you know, intersections, right? Yeah. Like for you, Shabana, having grown up in Mumbai and then moved to these different countries that you've lived in, that's a very different experience from like uh, like Naomi having grown up in Canada from yeah. an Ethiopian background, right? So I love that you're giving voices to those who maybe have 
lost their voices yeah. in the past or have been suppressed. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's so amazing, right? And this is gonna be a huge movement that's gonna continue to grow. We mm-hmm. hope so. That's our. That's d- definitely our goal. And with with the help of everybody, we hope to be able to continue to do this. And I think you have taken, and it's not easy, but you have taken it upon yourselves and see it as a responsibility to structurally disrupt the industry. Yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, that's different. That's like groundbreaking. And, there's, and you have such a, an incredible support of people to, to help you get there. What does building and starting new things look like for you? So in the early stages, you said that you didn't plan this. You know, it was a conversation that you both had together. What, does, what has the early stages been like so far for you both? So I, I think um, I think while you know uh, a lot of things were at the back of our minds, uh, Hani was already developing her other business, um, and I have been thinking forever about having a publishing um, house someday. Um, so it was always at the back of the mind, but uh, you know it just so happened that we uh, never had the time or there were other priorities or there was... So I, for me, what has really worked for me is having somebody who has similar values and meeting her at the right time, at the right place. So for me, that has been the start of this. And um, I guess I guess that, that has been important, like you, Naomi, said earlier, that it's so important to have the support of like-minded people. So I guess I, th- I think that's what started it for me. I think for for me, it's just been, okay, are we actually going to do this? Yes. Let's start setting down what are our goals for, like, we we start breaking it down monthly. You know, what what is it exactly that we need to do in order to move forward with this? So I think we've had several aha, like, nerve-wracking moments. I think when we initially came out of our lawyer's office, when we had registered the business... We had that moment where we're like, oh, did we actually do this? What are we thinking? What are we doing? Well, like, like, legit, we've had several moments like that. So we've held each other accountable, and we work really well with each other because we're, we work really quick. We, 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 there's perfect synergy between us. And um, we're, I'm just happy that, like, I have her. <laughs> Legit, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> the team dynamics are everything. Especially having like someone there, like yeah. I can speak to our experience with Find Your Tribe with Naomi. Like because there's two of us, I feel like we're that much more powerful. And yeah. having someone who's on the same page, yeah. it just makes a world of a difference. So Absolutely. I love that you two have each other and are able to yeah. keep propelling it forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to delve into a little bit about self-awareness too, because you both recognize that you have, like Hania, you have your talents, Shabana, you have your talents and gifts. And so what was that process like, like coming together and really using what you both, like, like working at the highest level, right, based on the gifts that you guys were endowed with? What was the self-awareness journey like for both? So for me, it was uh, uh, more importantly, uh, for me, self-awareness is also about knowing what I don't want. So uh, I, I, uh, for me, it always starts with what I don't want. Sometimes I don't know what I want, but I'm very clear about what I don't. 
So what I did not want was to be doing only one thing. I always feel that there's something more I should keep doing. And sometimes it just gets uh, crazy, but you, I, I, I have this constant need to be doing more and more. And um, Sam just said that, you know, it's always uh, so much better when you have support. And then when, when you see, especially, you know, that, that whole narrative around women supporting each other. So, you know, I, and with Hania's support, I, I, it, it felt as if, you know, I could do more than what I was already doing. So I think, you know, self-awareness for me is, is it, it begins by um, what I don't want. So what I did not want was to not be doing the same things forever. Um, so I guess, I guess that's what it was for me. Um, self-awareness for me was um, more about being able to use my, my power and my strength in, in the things that I'm interested in. I know what I'm capable of, and I know that I don't have, like, I, I don't work at the, I don't want to sound big-headed, but it's more like I don't have the average, like, energy level. My energy level usually goes, like, much more. So I was like, you know what, I'm able to do this. Let's put this together. I'm work I, like I'm okay with like working my eight hour shift, coming home, resting for an hour, and then going again till midnight. I am up for this, and let's use this. So I think being self aware in that aspect is super important because whenever you start trying to like work on a side hustle that you're eventually trying to make your main hustle, it's big. So you have to know what your strengths are. You have to know that you have to work in the evenings. You have to work all weekend long. This is not like a couple of hours, maybe a week thing. This is constant. Like we were just talking about how I, we both, she's not getting enough sleep. <laughs> and like I wake up like around six in the morning. I start thinking about where I can get the book to so I can distribute better and have more places. Like legit, I wake up thinking about ideas. It's always on. <laughs> it's yeah. always on. So that's, that's, you know, our self-awareness and knowing what you want to do. That's what it comes down to. Because I think that also lets you enter into spaces with just so much more confidence because you know exactly what you're offering. Yeah. You know what you both bring as a team. Like, this is what we stand for. This is yeah. what we believe in. Mm -hmm. And you just attract people who also believe in those things as well. Right, Sam? What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, the self-awareness piece is so important because that way you're also able to weed out the things that are not in line with where you're trying to go, what your vision is. Right, because so many opportunities will also come that that as people Absolutely. see you growing and the momentum is building, right? But you have limited amount of hours in a day, Absolutely. so you need to know and, what you're working look towards. At, look at how we met, right? I came when we met at an event. You and Naomi and I met at an event, and after her speech that she made me cry, okay, I went up to her and I introduced myself to her, and I we just had this wonderful conversation. And even though initially we had a hard time actually meeting up and scheduling a time to meet after I met her I was like this is my little girl I love her and like I was I was immediately mama bear with her and I was like she's amazing and like it's it's there's flow right and so yeah flow <laughs> I love that so let's talk a little bit about the book it's okay. called um for those listening you will find links definitely in the show notes. Um, it's called Because I Can. 
can you talk about what that means to you? Like, what does, where did the title come from, both of you? So, because I can, it's funny because I've had this, I've used this um, line repeatedly throughout my life in different places. I realized I even used it for my master's subscription, not master's subscription, my master's um, letter of intention. So you know how like one way you can um, start a letter is like, uh, like is to quote someone? I remember I had actually quoted myself. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I had quoted myself, I had written, because I can, and I had put my name underneath it, and I had written something to the extent of, like, to the um, master's committee, like, at University of Toronto, this this quote does not come from a place of ego, but rather through my own, like, accomplishments in life, you know, so it's because I am capable of doing this, right, so I've kind of repeated it throughout life, um, it's also because a lot of times, especially as women of color, you get questioned like why do you think you can do this or who do you think you are for thinking you can do this sort of thing or whatever the question is because they they completely doubt your ability to be able to do whatever the xyz is right and it's basic is my answer to that is because I can do it because I have done it because I've repeatedly done it in different situations in my life. This this is what I mean. This is what I mean earlier when I was saying knowing what your power is. If I've repeatedly shown this to myself that I can do it, then I, I yield that power already. And I want other women to be able to see that within themselves. You know, they can do it too, and they have been doing it. Unfortunately, a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough like credit for everything that we've been doing. You know, we minimize it. And it's like, why should you minimize it? You're incredible already. There's no point in you minimizing yourself because, you, you, because you're doing it, because I can do it. So that's why. And Shabana, for you, what does the title mean to you? It was something I initially um, was not very keen on, to be honest, uh, because I had not seen the entire book in progress. So uh, while we were debating what the book would be called, um, Honey came up with it, and she, she was very clear about what she wanted the title of the book to be, um, because I can. And I wasn't sure initially, because uh, to me it sounded a little bit generic, but then when I saw the poems and the book in its entirety, then I realized that uh, it couldn't be called anything but because I can. And Sam, do you want to share what it means to you too? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, especially after having read it as well, because I can to me is very empowering, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are a lot of times when, you know, other people try to place their limiting beliefs Absolutely. on you. Absolutely. So you can have dreams for yourself and be like, oh, I want to do this and that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but... No, <laughs> who do you think you yes, are? Exactly. Then I love that because that answer is like because I can. Like I don't know if I've shared it with you guys. My dream is to become president of Zimbabwe one day. Wow. And I remember <laughs> And I very like distinctly remember when I was in university and I was in the cafeteria and I was just talking to this guy who was in line with me. Um, I think he worked in the cafeteria. And then he was like, oh, so like, what's your goals? Blah, blah, blah. Then I told him that. Yeah. And he's like, 
oh, but why? Why do you think that? You you could never do that. Yeah, what? But then <laughs> and it's like, you don't know me. You, you know, know my story you and like where I've do. been through. Exactly. So that's why I really love the title because I can, because yeah. it's like, who are you to put your beliefs exactly. on me? Because you don't think you can do it. Yeah. I know I can do You're it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's very powerful. And I love that. Um, one thing that Shabana and I always joke around about, and it's funny because we think everybody else knows what we're joking about, but we're like, everyone's not in our head, <laughs> is we joke about being um, astronauts, okay? And I, I've touched on it, too, on my book. The reason we say that is because we know, like, exactly, if we wanted to become astronauts, because in our heads, that's probably the hardest thing to become other than the president of Zimbabwe. <laughs> Maybe from now on we'll say president of Zimbabwe. <laughs> no, but like we, we say like if we wanted to become astronauts, we legit could become astronauts. It might take me another 40 years <laughs> or 45 but I could get there because I know how to study, I have the drive, and I have the energy to be able to do it. So it's just like, what's stopping me? Just because you, like, like you were saying, you have limiting beliefs about what you're capable of, that doesn't reflect on me. That's not me. So I am all about supporting you for your, <laughs> for your campaign. <laughs> you have... <laughs> Yo, this is we. This is um, you have a whole community backing like the incredible work that you want to do, the incredible work that you know everyone in our community is also doing, right? To to realize their dreams and their potential. One thing that I definitely thought, sure, there's projecting other people projecting what they feel that they cannot do themselves. Yeah. Because you, the noise is so loud, you start to internalize those things. And I think in a very young age, like Sam mentioned earlier, in the media, you get depictions about you know what a who a black woman is or who women of color are. When you're not in those um, spaces where you can act, you control like the narrative. Do you know what I mean? That's what yeah. you guys are doing with this publishing company. You're taking ownership over that. When I dream big or like write down what I want for myself, it's like Naomi. Like who do you? Sometimes I ask myself yeah. those questions, and this is a a beautiful reminder to stand firm in what I know is my truth. It's a reminder of what I already know is true, and it's just you know taking back control, Absolutely. taking back your power. I'd love you ladies to also talk about um, what living life on purpose looks like on a day-to-day. I think, uh, you know, sometimes because we have such less time because we do so many other things, sometimes I am not very intentional in what I'm doing. It's just that there there are some things I really want to do and I may not think deeply or profoundly about uh, why I'm doing those things. So I may not be um, purpose-driven every hour of my life but uh, for me being purpose-driven is not forgetting my dreams not forgetting what I want to do sometimes I may not even have the time to stop and remind myself what my purpose is I I don't I I just just don't have enough time but um, but I guess you know it all comes down to uh, what I want to keep doing and keeping an eye on on the larger goal at all times for me, it's it's also being able to focus on the goals that we want to accomplish and the end goal, you know, like what's the end goal with all of this? 
So that uh, focusing on that is also really important, especially when things come up and you're exhausted and you don't necessarily want to do the, you know, working till midnight thing. So what do we do? We focus on the end goal. Uh-huh. It's so true. It's very important to be purpose driven. And I'm very curious. So we read the book <laughs> and we have our favorites um, in terms of the poems. But we wanted to know from the both of you, what are your favorite poems and why? Ooh, let's get the editor to respond to that first. <laughs> editor. I have a soft corner uh, for Unfulfilled Destiny, the, uh, the first one um, in the book. Also because it was the first um, poem I read, uh, Hania's first ever work that, you know, uh, came to me. And I, that was the first ever poem I read. So I, I have like a very soft corner for it, um, not just because that was the first one I read, but also because it does, um, it, uh, it, it, it uh, deals with an emotion that all of us have um, dealt with, loss. You know, in whatever context, you know, um, uh, it may not be about a person. It may not be about, uh, you know, it could even be missed opportunities. So, um, so that really resonates with me, and it struck a chord. And uh, I have read it like what thousand times now, but every time I look at it, it does, uh, you know, you know, it, it it brings back the memory of seeing it for the first time. And uh, I I think that's my favorite. And for you, Henya. So I think it's probably um, a mix of Unfulfilled Destinies, which is the first one, which so far every single person that I've literally like handed the book to and they, because it's the first poem and when they open it, legit every single person who has read it in front of me, they've started like crying and I'm like, oh my God, that wasn't my intention. (laughs) But like uh, Shabana is saying, I think it's because people connect to the fact that there's loss you know? So for me, um, it would be Unfulfilled Destinies and the second one, Maman. So yeah, those two. Yeah, for me, it's definitely Maman. (laughs) There's a line here where um, it reads, my only goal in life has been to make you proud of me. Nothing else mattered. Like, let that sit for a second. (laughs) I think even for me, when I sit down with my parent, I'm getting watery eyed now. <laughs> when I sit down with my parents and listen to their heart-wrenching story of coming here from Ethiopia, it was like a very, it was just a horrible time. The trauma, like leaving your families, the loss that you talk about um, in the poem right before it, Unfulfilled Destinies. And so for me, knowing that and and being blessed with the incredible opportunity of being here and not having to worry about any of that yeah. stuff. It really is a privilege. And so for, yeah, I just feel like I owe everything to the sacrifices that my parents made for me and my brother to just live a completely different life, yeah. you know, oh. that with just unconditional love. That one, I think, spoke to me uh, just in a very deep way. And I'd love to hear Sam's, too. <laughs> well, you kind of, like, read my mind. Like, <laughs> with my mom, I think that's definitely, like, my favorite. I had it screenshotted here as well. And I was, um, I think... Was it that line? It was that line. That's what I was like, damn <laughs> But what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? To me, like, I love that that whole, my only goal in life has 
um, has been to make you proud of me. Nothing else mattered because I feel like we've had this conversation so many times. Yeah. So each time it's like tears. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like for me, my mom has had to be like my mom and my dad. Yeah. And I've seen like the sacrifices that, oh my God, <laughs> that, <laughs> that she's had to like make for me to be yeah. here. Yeah. So that's why I try to work hard so I can... Yeah. Give at least give her back. Yeah, even 100%. if it's like two percent of what yeah. she's given me, yeah. right? And so do you, you check in with her? I do. I yeah. do. I do make. You say, <laughs> do you say to her because legit, I'm turning forty, and I ask my mom, "Mom, are you proud of me?" <laughs> like I have these conversations with her on like like on a monthly basis. I'm like, I just want to like have a conversation. Are we good? Are you proud of me? Is everything? She's like, are you? She's like, can you stop? She's like, you're doing good. You're fine. Stop yeah. asking me this question. They don't yeah. say it like that either. They don't. They don't. So that one really like spoke to me like 100%. So yeah, thank you for writing that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the impact. The impact. Even like across the waters, right? Like you aren't going to, like this is <laughs> obviously a very physical, <laughs> like you're sitting right in front of us. But for, mm. even for the people that, you will not get to experience that, the impact that you've had in their lives, know that that's definitely happening. Mm -hmm. So thank we you. We want to hear from them. We want to, we're trying to be on all the social media platforms. I'm doing the whole thing, guys. <laughs> the instant cram. Oh my God, that's a whole thing. <laughs> we're trying to be active as much as possible to hear stories like this, Sam. To hear, just like, what, which one of these have really touched you? And like, where do you, how do you connect with this? Tell us. We'd love to hear it, you know? So, yeah. You know, the last question that is always asked on the Power of Why podcast is, you know, what's your why? When shit, like, completely hits the fan um, and you're tired, broken, and are on the brink of giving up on your mission, what is the reason that you keep going? And I want you to both to be very specific about that. I strongly believe your why is not just something that, like, poof, like... Comes like it's it's deeply internal and maybe it was an experience that you had at a very young age that was pivotal for you in whether it's around representation. What's your why, both of you? So for me, the why, uh, you know, uh, like I also mentioned earlier, is wanting to keep doing uh, a little bit more than what I'm already doing. And uh, I I grew up in a very um, different environment um, than um, a lot of people I know. So um, for me, it was always, you know, maybe uh, reaching out more, maybe stepping out um, from where I was um, there at that time and, and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. So my why is always, uh, you know, that I am I'm fortunate to have had the opportunities I've had despite all the hardships. So that really keeps me going. And when I'm feeling that um, I'm tired or, you know, I'm on the brink of giving up something, which rarely happens, <laughs> but if that happens, I, I remember, you know, how, how far I've come. I look back on my life that it was, you know, as a young person, as a young girl growing up in a, in a very, very different society. It was like... Um, it was very different uh, than, you know, what uh, a lot of people have experienced. So I, I, I remember I, I see that path and, uh, you know, I, I see how far I've come. And that motivates me. The struggles that, you know, I mean, my mom had to made, make, I, I, I had to make. So I guess, I, I, I guess that keeps me going. Mm -hmm. um, my why is, 
you could say the my, the biggest theme in my life has been to be able to make a difference. That's probably one of the reasons I went into education and I was a teacher for a long time. It's important for me to be able to make a difference at the end of the day. That that wholeheartedly, without wanting to sound super cheesy, has been a huge part of who I am. And wh- whoever knows me knows how important that is to me. You and I have had this discussion and I've told you, for the next 15 years, <laughs> until I'm 55, I want to do the whole publishing thing, the, the e-development thing. At the, by 55, I will stop and I want to start building schools. My goal in life is to eventually start building schools in underprivileged countries, specifically to start with young girls, schools for young girls. That's my dream. That's what I hope to do. We can come to Zimbabwe because (laughs) you're going to be the president anyways. (laughs) I feel like we can work something out. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) And I know, honestly, ladies, I feel like these are the moments, these are the years that we have to collectively come together so that these goals, these really big goals, can get accomplished down the line. We cannot do it alone. We have to come together. We have to support one another, you know, because these these things that we talk about doing in the future are not little baby things. It's not just moving from, like, one country to another. No. We need, like, we need to become the movers and the shakers. This is it. And we have to be able to do it together. That's the only way we can accomplish this. So I'm a big believer of like helping one another. And one thing that you had said to me, and I think I even put it in the, I don't know if I wrote it in a book or not, but to um, to be, a, a, what is it? The support, no, collaboration versus competition. I'm like, did I write it in there? <laughs> and I, I love that. We should do that, and why shouldn't we? It's like, if we're able to support one another, that's how we grow. So, yeah, that's I hope to do that. That's my why. Thank you, ladies. And do you want to share that African proverb that you always yeah. go to, Sam? <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? It literally, it was. You're in my brain. But there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. So it's the whole thing about like it truly takes a village to really accomplish these big goals. We can't do it alone. And we really need to like work together, elevate and bring each other up as we go. Absolutely. And I think, too, um, a note before we we talk about where you can find Ahenya and Shabana online so you can connect with them is like building a culture and, you know, being able to influence the culture around like there is more than enough space. There are more than enough resources for us all to succeed. And I think there's this zero sum that some people go by where if I'm doing well, it means that it's taking away from somebody else's success and it's just not the case. And so, you know, I love just chatting with this conversation has just brought so much um, (laughs) joy because that's the pulse, right? And that's the pulse. And that's one of the many reasons why you guys are going to continue as you have been doing to do incredible things and impact a lot of people. So you can definitely find them both online. You can order Because I Can um, on Amazon. And soon it, you can find it um, on Indigo and like Barnes and Nobles and all of those <laughs> things. It's coming, it's coming. Um, but if you wanted to share what best way to connect with you as well, whether that's via email or on Instagram. 
They can connect with either of us on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn. We're all there. My full name, her full name, we're there. So type it out. Just connect. Let us know. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 29 of the Power of Why podcast. There's so many gems in this episode, and I hope you enjoyed. We'll see you in the next one.